Welcome back to the square. We are uh, chilling here in the snake pit, Jim. Yeah. Just hanging out. Uh, we've got uh, Ernest is sitting side by next to us. He's been feeling a little ill this week, but we took his collar off so that he doesn't make all the jangles and interfere with the recording. Yeah, we also took Diamond Jim's collar off, too. Yeah. He was feeling a little under the weather, so he yeah, didn't it's, jangle. Yeah, it's, it's, that's so people know where I am. I'm like a cat, like a house cat. Just got to know what you're getting into. Right, yeah, a vegan house cat eating people's hamsters. <laughs> God, I love Twitter. I don't think I'm ever going to quit that way. Actually, you know, I did I did hop on threads recently, and uh, I, I don't, I'm not sold. It's like Twitter. It, it's like a diet cigarettes, Jim. Mm-hmm. It's like vaping, you know? Yeah. I, I don't smoke, but I, I have to imagine it's it's too filtered on threads. No, actually, I think that like threads is actually probably like smoking. What what Twitter is is like when you when you switch from cigarettes to a vape or you try to like quit that way. What you end up doing is you just like smoke like a whole like carton's worth of cigarettes in one day on a vape because you're not actually smoking. It doesn't impact your like breathing as hard, but you just get nicotine all day long. You just like you just keep puffing away. Everybody I know who's like, oh yeah, I'll use a vape to quit, goes through way more nicotine. So like they're not gonna die from like like their lungs being coated with tar. But like their like their veins have to be like micrometers at this point, and their, their heart's going to explode. Well, it's it's worth noting that we are not paid by the nicotine industry um, or scientists. Or, I could be totally wrong about how what nicotine does. Right, right. Big Tobacco does not pay us. If they want to, mm-hmm. well, yeah. g- get in touch. Yeah. But <laughs> no, we're we're not alone here today, Jim. No, we have an esteemed guest with us. We do have uh, we have a fantastic guest, uh, Gretchen Gonzalez from the Volunteer Lawyers Project. Hi guys. Hi. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. So, as we know, lawyers are a loving, caring, f- hearts full, you know, like the reverse of the Grinch. That's mm-hmm. that's really how society and all of us view lawyers. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm just kidding. It, it, you know, okay, look, lawyers mostly get a bad rap, I think. Um, mostly looking to, you know, do good works for people and, and whether or not that ends up happening, who's to say? But I definitely will tell you who actually does good work, the Volunteer Lawyers Project here in Western New York. Um, can you talk to uh, talk to the people here? Talk to the, the Fine Square Pod listeners about um, your incredible organization and the work that you do. Sure. So the Erie County Bar Association Volunteer Lawyers Project, that is a mouthful. That's why we go by VLP, mm-hmm. um, was created in 1983 as a joint project of the Bar Association of Erie County and Neighborhood Legal Services. Um, and it was created uh, to do two things, to represent low-income people in Western New York who can't afford attorneys, and to involve um, volunteers in that work. So we are what would be considered a hybrid legal services organization, meaning that um, we have attorneys on staff. Um, uh, I have a staff of a little bit over 60 people between two offices, one in Buffalo and one in Batavia. Um, but we also have a bank of um, attorneys in private practice who volunteer their time to take cases through us for free for low-income people in Western New York. And we have about 400 attorneys that volunteer through us. Wow. Uh, that is uh, – and, and I saw it was something to the tune of, like, what, 4,000 cases last year? There were close to 5,000 cases last year, yes. Holy Moses. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. Now, now talk to me. You're you're a lawyer. You're used to talking, Frank. You know what is? Why are? I mean, give me the why. Is this like 
just like altruistic, like, Hey, we want to help the community. We want to, I'm not saying there's any nefarious things here, but it's like, what, what is it also like kind of self-interest as in these people, if they don't get represented, this will end up impacting society negatively the other way. Like what, what is sort of the, the ethos here, I guess, as what I'm getting at of the VLP, like, yes, we want to help people in our community, but also, okay. If they're not being represented, then this could have a major impact on our community negatively. Yeah, I mean, we believe that everyone deserves representation um, and that everyone should have representation. Um, when you're in any sort of court case and you're not represented and the other side is, that's a differential in power that's not going to work out in your favor. Um, and so, you know, there's that aspect, that access to justice aspect, aspect to the work. Um, but there's also, you know, there's a real... Uh, consequence to people who don't have representation. These are we're representing people who are fighting for the basics of of their of life, of basic necessities of life. Um, we're representing people who are about to lose their home in eviction proceedings. We're representing people who, um, you know, are, need access to um, uh, to their child. <laughs> you know, people who yeah. who are domestic violence victims. Um, you know, we have there, these are really basic things that, that people need access to and that people need good representation to make sure that they, you know, can, can keep their livelihood going. No, I mean, look, that is, uh, as much as, uh, we're giving you a little grief about lawyers. I mean, that is incredibly noble. Um, and I think it speaks to, you know, a, a lot of people being involved in this who want to make sure that justice is, is, uh, you know, being served or people being represented. Who are, so, okay, who are the lawyers who are then, because I know there's a lot of them, as you mentioned, but mm -hmm. do they kind of cut across like a broad swath of, you know, corporate lawyers and, you know, trial, like who are, who are the folks who are, who, who are, are the volunteers? Yeah. Well, they really come from all different areas of, of the law. We're incredibly lucky in Erie County that we really have a culture of giving back. You know, we are the city of good neighbors, right? So. Um, that's it, just a culture that we have in the legal profession. Uh, and my predecessor, Bob Alardo, um, who was with this organization since it started in 1983, um, really built that kind of culture in Erie County. Um, so we have attorneys who are solo practitioners. Um, we have attorneys who work for Hodgson Russ, Phillips Lytle, you know, all the big firms in, in the city. Um, and it was really, it's, it cuts across all, all, pra all practice areas. That's, that's awesome. And now, uh, you know, is, is this a, is this a model? Was this something, cause I know you said we were found, you were founded in 1983. Mm -hmm. Is this a model that, you know, a lot of other cities have, or is this something that is, and I'm sure there's volunteer lawyers groups in, in other cities, but I mean the, the, the breadth and the extent of it, is it something that Erie County is kind of unique or are there groups like this all over the country? I mean, I like to say that Erie County is unique in that we have this culture of giving back and we have so many volunteers who are willing to do the work and really want to help their their neighbor, you know, and help help people in the, in the community dealing with these issues. Um, but there are volunteer lawyers projects that are by other names that were not associated with each other, but there's um, the Volunteer Lawyers Project of Central New York that's in Syracuse and the North Country. Um, in Rochester, there's Just Cause, um, so there's a bunch of different organizations that, that do the same kind of work uh, throughout the state of New York and throughout the country, actually. Um, the part of the reason why this my, my organization exists and why other organizations like mine exist is because 
the Legal Services Corporation um, funded organizations, which ours locally is Neighborhood Legal Services. So um, Legal Services LSC funding is federal funding that funds uh, work like we do. Mm-hmm. Um, in the 80s, uh, decided that every legal services uh, funded organization needed a pro bono arm. And so then we were created to kind of fill that purpose, just trying to expand the reach of legal services by involving pro bono attorneys. Yeah, I I mean, and the impact here, um, uh, kind of circle back on that, because look, like I think it was something the tune of like $3 million that you estimate, uh, was it per year, that... You know, you save the county, you save. Uh, yeah, you're talking about taxpayer savings. Uh, and, so and, that's like things like, um, you know, indirect savings to to our clients. So if we're saving your house from eviction and we're getting to stay in your apartment that, that you're living in, then that means you're not going to shelter. You know, it costs somewhere around, and these numbers are old, so it's probably more now, but somewhere around $3,000 a day to house someone in the shelter system. Right. And so that's all savings to the taxpayer if we're able to keep those people housed in their own private housing. Right. And that, and that's not my first concern. But I I always think, Jim, of, you know, perhaps the cold hearted capitalist who may have stumbled upon our show and might be saying, why would you need a volunteer lawyers? Why can't those people pay for their own legal services? Like, well, listen, dummy, you know, we uh, we live in a, as, uh, you know, George Costanza might say, we we live in a society. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're, you're paying for it one way or the other, pal. Right. And, you know, I think there's, you know, there's often, you know, I think a lot of people feel, believe that, you know, like the, the, the legal system, um, there, you there's somebody has their thumb on the scale for people who are well off. Right. Um, but knowing that there's a, a program out there like this, that there's a project like, and not just in Buffalo, but like, you know, most places, at least in New York state, um, gets back to the idea that like the, that the criminal justice system, that legal system can be fair for everybody that it can be someplace where you know it, it doesn't matter what your background is as long as like you know the facts are there and that your representation is there um i mean that's and that's the basis for trusting in the basis of government in not just this country or this state but like any country right like is that everybody's treated fair you know that that you know, your ability to petition the government is like one of your main ways to property rights as an individual um and that you know for most people uh, your individual, your personal rights stem from your ability to petition the government for your property rights, right? I mean, not to get, I don't know, too, like, you know, was it James Madison talking about that? <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the show's going to spit off into just Jim reading the Federalist Papers. <laughs> yeah. that's, 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 that's already what I do. That's that Diamond Jim coast to coast. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, look, like, no, seriously, like, having access to lawyer services and and who are so I, I generally know who the clients are but who are the folks that that come to you or have have come to you i know there's a lot of them but um can you talk maybe about the background of you know the individuals not not by name or anything but i mean like are, is it generally like lower economic y- yes like, I mean, so, we, we serve low-income people in western new york um, what that means varies depending on the type of case because it varies depending on the funding source that's funding our work. Um, but generally speaking, that means people who are at or below 200% of the federal pro- poverty level. Um, and that, you know, is for, for a family of four, um, that's around $50,000 um, and, and lower. Mm-hmm. 
and so it's, you know, it's a wide swath of people in Erie County, in western New York. Um, you know, the city of Buffalo has been voted, you know, fourth or second. We have been up there in the ranks in the in poverty for, for cities in, in the country. Um, and so we do have a large low-income population. Um, we have a, lo- a very diverse population as well. Um, last year, we served clients who spoke uh, 36 different languages. Um, so, you know, I it I always say that my clients... That was all across... That was just one client who spoke 36 no, languages. No, 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 no. All across it's pretty impressive, <laughs> actually. Yeah. That person has across, a marketable skill. Across the 5,000 cases, the, the close to 5,000 cases that we did last year, there were 36 re- languages represented. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that is correct. That's... Uh, I, I mean, and, and I think about it, too... In that it's also, uh, you know, you're talking about uh, immigrant groups that what you're doing is also kind of legal education, right? Because you come to this country, I mean, you know, perhaps you've had to, you know, pass a citizen's uh, citizenship test or, you know, maybe not, whatever the case may be. But you truly don't know what America is about for, you know, for good or for ill until you do run into something like having to deal with the legal system. I mean, that's true not just of immigrants to our area. That's true of lay people. Yeah. You know, until you're in a situation where you're getting evicted, in a situation where you're in family court, um, you know, having a tax issue, having, you know, your property foreclosed on, most people don't know the ins and outs of the legal system. They don't know how to, how to respond to those, to those papers, what to do, um, you know, how to proceed. And so all of, all of the areas that we um, provide representation in, we also provide community education in. Um, for example, we have a partnership with Say Yes Buffalo where we do um, several different Know Your Rights trainings a year. And those are uh, broadcast on social media, on Facebook, on our YouTube channel. Um, and they're there. They're, I mean, you can still watch the ones from years past because they're still on, on YouTube. And you can learn about... You know, what do you do when you get eviction papers? Um, you know, we, like I said, every every area that we cover, we do community education. So we do family law, we do eviction defense, we do immigration, we do, we represent people who have um, cases and controversy with the IRS. Um, we have a program that is solely for people who are HIV positive and who have civil legal issues. Um, we have, we do bankruptcy, divorce, um, you know, um, wills and wills and end of life planning. There's <coughs> all of these different areas, and we're we're constantly providing the education that goes. Uh, that is so huge because, you know, the the legal system is, uh, by design, big and scary, right? Absolutely. It, it it is meant to scare the bejesus out of you. Well, right? I mean, uh, that's that's pretty much all government systems, right? Uh, they're, they're they're it's not that, and I don't know that they're designed to scare you, but they're like. They're designed to minimize as the minute the amount of uh, problems for the government as possible, as far as like liabilities, right? Like that's that's why like if you go to apply for food stamps, <coughs> it's so long. It's like because every question on there is because somebody did that the wrong one time, and so they had to add that question on it at some point, right? And so like it's not just the legal system; it's you know social services is also very intimidating. And it doesn't. You don't have to be an immigrant for it to be intimidating and difficult to transition. You know, the legal system is very intimidating, but there has been a move in the last um, few years to to have things move in plain language. 
um, to start having forms in plain language. There's just uh, they just started. They uh, changed the way that petitions are done in eviction courts. Um, it's actually not actually in effect yet, but it was part uh, piloted in Erie County to have the petition. You know, be everything. Everybody's got to use the same form. It's in plain language. It's not in legalese, so that people who are have to deal with these forms and are not attorneys can understand what their next steps are, what they have to do. Um, so there's been a, a good move towards more plain language in the law uh, recently, but there's still a lot of work to do. Yeah, I mean, I can only imagine, you know, the challenge goes kind of both ways, right? Like, so the person who's coming to you who needs legal services and, and they don't know, right? They, they don't know what they don't know. That's the, just the, whether it's an immigrant or, or a lay person. How, how very thing. Dick Cheney of you. The, the, the Donald Rumsfeld, the, the, the Rumsfeld, yeah, the, the unknown unknowns, the unknown, the known unknowns, and the unknown unknowns. Yeah. You know, we, well, a lot of times, you know, people come to us and they don't even know that some of their issues are legal issues, um, and that's what we're we're figuring out. You know, I always say nobody nobody comes to us with just one problem with what just one issue to solve. They're usually a complicated mix of different issues that we have to parse apart and try and figure out what to tackle first and how can we assist. Um, and, you know, there's been studies done, uh, again, by the Legal Services Corporation, shout out to them, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> that the average uh, low-income New Yorker has uh, seven legal issues a year. Damn. Yeah, that's a lot to deal with. Damn. <laughs> there's just one guy with like 140 legal issues. Yeah, it's Donald Trump. <laughs> He's really he's really messing up our average. <laughs> that's why we have to go by media now. <laughs> right, right. Um, I mean, that's that's wild. And you're right. There's a lot of things you don't, you know, mm-hmm. use the average person might not realize is a legal issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, too, you know, both about the person who is coming to you, like, what the frick do I do? Like, I have no idea. But also for the lawyers, too, that are volunteering their time because, I mean, Jim, I hear lawyers are pretty busy people. Yeah, but, but like also like not knowing it's a legal issue. This is how people like you know, end up in you know systemic um, and multi generational issues where like you're know, like all right, if one side realizes it's a legal issue and the other side doesn't, and they just get overwhelmed, and then you can get behind, you can get to a point where you're behind and you're just always behind for the rest of your life. Yeah, I mean, I can give you a really good um, clear cut example of how this happens. So. Um, one of the things that we do is uh, tax foreclosure defense. So in the city of Buffalo, you can be foreclosed on for being as, uh, behind on your taxes, your uh, garbage fee, uh, for as little as $200. They can, you can be foreclosed on. You're, you can lose Jesus. your home. There is a lot of um, people in the city of Buffalo who are living in generational houses, houses mm. that were their grandparents, that were their parents' house. Um, grandma passed away and they didn't do anything to put that house into their legal name, but they've been living there for, you know, 20 years or whatever. And that whole time, like maybe they got behind on their taxes or they didn't even know mm-hmm. because they'd never owned property that this was something that they had to, to, to pay and that they could be in danger of losing their home if they didn't pay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by the time they come to us, they have the notice saying, you know, you're going to lose your house in foreclosure. And the issue is not only that the house is going into foreclosure, but the, the issue is that they don't really have standing 
to challenge it because the house was never put into their name. So trying to parse out, like having to open up an estate to transfer the, the property over mm. to them, you know, are they the rightful heir to that property or they just happen to be the cousin who was living with the aunt for years and there's no other then and, and, you know, the other family lives out of state and we have to track down those people. Like it can be very, very complicated. But to the person who has been living there for 20 years without a care in the, in the world, without mm. knowing that this was an issue, it's, mm. you know, it's a very huge an unfortunate eye-opening. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, you know, uh, we had something similar to that. Um, my family saw with um, one of our neighbors down in Cuba by the base camp, right, um, that there was uh, a gentleman, him and his, you know, live-in wife, but they never got married, and the property was in her name. They had uh, a, a son with developmental uh, disabilities. She died. They never got and the state came in and said, well, we have to pay for him to be, like, taken care of because you can't take care of him. Like, he, the, the older man was not in good enough shape. So we're taking all the, and, like, you just have to, like, you're out of here. Like, go somewhere else because we're taking the property so we can sell it so we can afford to pay for the care for your child. Yeah, things can get very complicated very quickly. Um, that's why that's a big shout-out to uh, end-of-life planning, something mm-hmm. everyone should think about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean... And I, I think too about the Ernest has always told me like make your will, make <laughs> yeah. make make your will tonight as he's sharpening the knives. <laughs> I but I think about the lawyers too that are that are involved because again like lawyers uh, you know are busy people mm-hmm. right like that's no no secret and and the fact that you have so many individuals who are willing to you know donate their time and all of their energy um, I mean that, that's I don't know. Not to not to pump up the the tires on lawyers too much here, Jim, but but in all seriousness, like that's pretty admirable. Um, you know yeah. that. I mean, the thing is, uh, the one of the things about it is is that you know many people don't understand about the law is that um, you know there are very many different aspects of the law, and you know just because you know one of them doesn't mean that you know all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the issues that our clients deal with on the day to day are not things that corporate lawyers do. Or, uh, you know, uh, on the daily that they have the knowledge. So we provide training and we provide mentorship to all of our all of our volunteers. Um, and they get uh, continuing legal education credits for the hours that they work on cases for us. Um, we also, and this is, you know, the nitty gritty of how the sausage is made, but yeah. <laughs> we, um, we also hold the malpractice insurance so that um, we're the first insured should this something go wrong in the case. And that's, that's really, you know, we make it, we try to make it as easy for people to volunteer as possible. Um, you know, when, when you get a case from us, it's, it's wrapped, I like to say it's wrapped up in a nice pretty bow for you. So you have everything that you need. You have all of the resources that you need. You have the mentor that you need. You have the training that you need to get the job done. Yeah. Well, because we, we've been focusing a lot on your volunteer attorneys, but you said you have a staff of 60 there anyways. Uh, again, I assume like, you know, a wide variety of specialties, a uh, wide variety of backgrounds. Uh, you know, so tell us a little bit about, uh, about your staff, but also, you know, we have, we kind of glanced over like your background. You have Western New York roots, but you weren't here always. That's true. Um, so I don't know which one you want me to start with. So start, with <laughs> start with, start with you and then we'll branch out. Sure. So I grew up in Western New York. I grew up in Amherst, went to Amherst Central High School. Go Tigers. Yeah. Um, World and Series champion this year, right? That's right. <laughs> I think different Tigers. Um, but <laughs> no, no, the, the one, the catcher for the uh, World Series champs went to Amherst. Really? Yeah. All right, go Tigers. Anyway, <laughs> um, 
So I, I left Buffalo at 18, went to college. And uh, if you had told me that at that point that I was going to come back to Buffalo, I would have said, no way, you're crazy. That's not happening. Because um, I went I went to Boston for, for college. Um, and then I went to New York and got a master's in psychology. Um, and then I went to law school back in Boston. And then I moved to New York <laughs> after after that. And I lived in New York City for a long time. My, my first job was at the Urban Justice Center um, in Manhattan, um, in their mental health project where I represented, um, my clients were very low income, mostly street homeless, seriously and persistently mentally ill. Um, and I was doing social security disability work as well as, uh, Medicaid and Medicare work. Um, and then I left there and went to the legal aid society and their Harlem community law office where I was uh, doing eviction defense for a number of years. Um, and I went to Queens Legal Services to also do eviction defense. And then, you know, life started happening. I, I met my husband, got married. We were living in a studio apartment, which is not big enough for two people. <laughs> and suddenly, look, moving back home seemed a lot a lot more reasonable. Um, so I moved back to Buffalo in 2012 and started working at VLP. And, and you are uh, the area's top BU alum. Take that, Alan Badenko. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> and so then, and then, like you, you know, and so you, you, you talk about like your your staff of attorneys there. You mm -hmm. also diverse backgrounds. Um, you know, and it, recruiting people from outside the area, but people who who know how to handle things. You know, whatever might arise with people who are low income who come to VLP and need your help, right? Yes. I mean, we have a very diverse staff. We have, um, you know, a lot of people from the Buffalo area, but we also have people from outside the Buffalo area. We have people from, you know, I have attorneys who work for me who are from other countries. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a very diverse group of people. But the, the common thread is, um, you know, the dedication to the work mm -hmm. and to the mission of VLP, mm -hmm. to really providing that access to justice for people who need it. And um, being the voice that speaks for those who aren't heard. If you were looking like like we need volunteers in a particular uh, part of the law, where would you need the most help right now? There's two. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, we we'll take any volunteer who's mm -hmm. willing to donate their time. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, right now, we have a very high need for um, people who want to do immigration work. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we in the Buffalo area had. Uh, around 600 people that were bused here from New York City, 600 migra migrants who are in three area hotels. Um, and uh, we, along with uh, Journey's End uh, and Jericho Road, have been trying to meet the need um, for those people. Um, we did a, a lot of uh, temporary protected status applications because there was a, a number of people, about 230 Venezuelans in that group, and they were designated for a special status that um, mm -hmm. that we were working on with, like, again, I said, uh, Jericho Road and Journey's End. Um, and now we're working on, um, there's a lot of them need asylum applications, need represent representation in their defense of asylum cases. Um, we also have a program in uh, Buffalo Immigration Court where we do a friend of the court program. So um, we're there two days a week. Uh, and so when people come in, we're there to say, okay, 
do you know why you're here? Do you know how this works? This is how this is going to work going forward. These are your rights, and this is this is what you can do in this situation. And sometimes out of that, we get some cases where people need representation and where we can hand those off to a volunteer. So immigration is a really high need, um, especially right now in the Buffalo area. We also have a high need for um, experienced family law attorneys. Mm -hmm. um, we do a lot of work with domestic violence survivors. We have a program that's in um, Erie County Family Court. It's our family court help desk. We're there three days a week. Um, and so anybody who is proceeding in family court for any sort of you know custody, visitation, what have you, um, child support, they can speak to an attorney that day and get um, you know advice about how their case is going. Again, a lot of times people really need general information, mm -hmm. like wayfinding, like this is how court works. This is what's going to happen when you show up to court. This is you know whether or not you're entitled to an attorney. This is how you ask for an attorney, or um, you know people who are you know family court is a is a court where a lot of people are proceeding pro se without an attorney mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of people get their cases kicked out immediately because they don't know how to fill out the petition so a lot of what we do is walking people through like this is what you need to put there this is this is what you need to say in order for your case to go forward um, but we all we have a, a huge need for family law attorneys there's a lot there's a lot of work in that area, a lot of need. Yeah, I, I can only imagine. And I mean, it, it's terribly sad, but it's compounded by the fact that you don't know, you know, maybe if you're low income in that situation, you don't know that the legal process is going to play out. You don't know what that entails, you know, and, and even having that level of education um, can be incredibly helpful. I mean, even just the process of like walking into a courtroom for the first time, if you've never been in one before, mm -hmm. you know, you get there, you have to go through the metal detectors. It's a very quiet and kind of solemn place. It's everything's almost is big and scary. Look, look I get nervous if I go to a deli I haven't been to before, <laughs> let alone a court building. Exactly. I don't recommend it. <laughs> Both places you asked for the gabagool, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> just, Jim just goes up to the judge. Can I? We'll have. I got two pounds of uh, uh, I got rye. Uh, you got the brown mustard, right? Right. Now, okay. So let's say you are a listener of this podcast, or um, you know, a listener, maybe their family member, or, you know, somebody who is in need of legal help, um, or or you want to get the word out there. Like, what? How do you uh, spread the good word about VLP? Other than, of course, being on the Square Podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, what What's the outreach like, and and how can uh, somebody, if they were listening, if they need it, get in touch. Well, um, like I said, you know, all of the organ all of the programs that we have involve some sort of community outreach. So we are often in the community, tabling at different events, doing Know Your Rights presentation at different organizations, um, and people can reach us in a variety of different ways. And we have a general intake phone number that you call, leave a message, and we will return your call within 24 hours to do a full intake and see if we can help you. If we can't help you, we'll refer you to one of our partners who can help you. Um, we also have online intake um, through our website, which is um, www.ecbavlp.com. Um, and you can go on there and fill out a short form. And again, someone will get in touch with you within 24 hours to go through your legal issue and see if it's something that we can assist with. Um, we also get a lot of referrals from our community partners. We have... Um, somewhere around 40 different uh, community partners that we work with on, on a regular basis that refer clients to us. 
then uh, and now if somebody else is listening and they're like, well, look, I, I don't need legal help, and I, but I'd like to help the Volunteer Lawyers Project, but I'm not a lawyer, mm-hmm. what could they do to maybe to support you guys? Well, we're funded primarily by state and federal grants, mm-hmm. um, but those grants don't cover all of the, what we do. Um, there are a lot of things that are necessary to what we do that, uh, you know, for example, um, most of our grants won't cover desks for our attorneys and chairs. They want us to hire however many attorneys to do the work on the grant, but they don't want to pay for a workstation for them to actually be able to do their job. So <laughs> Interesting. So, Interesting so philosophy. For that reason, we have ongoing uh, you know, fundraising campaigns, and we really depend on our donors to be able to, to bridge that gap and pay for the things that, that our grant funders won't pay for. Okay. And if somebody's interested in donating, they could just go again to ecbavlp.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, pony up, suckers. Yeah, <laughs> help out, help out the people who need help, and help out the helpers. Yeah, and you know, by the time this comes out, it'll be just in time to get it in for your uh, tax year twenty twenty three to get your donations in. Absolutely. You know, if you're the type of person who you know itemizes, right? Maybe not. Maybe some of our listeners do. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe they just want to pay more taxes. Like, well, I if I took the standard deduction. It'd be better off for me, but you know, it's the U.S. government deserves it. Right. <laughs> if, if there's anybody who's who's I I've determined really could use a little bit of help, it's the United States federal government. As you like to say, Jim, can you help a fellow American down on his luck? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and can you help a fellow American government down on their luck? Um, well, and and even if you don't worry about your deductions or whatever tax nonsense, still help out, give money to a good cause. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we need, we, it's not just furniture and things like that. There's also, you know, like I said, we had, uh, you know, 36 different languages that we, that we served last year. We need money for interpretation and trans and, and translation services. Um, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of court fees that are maybe not able to be waived that we would like to be able to help our clients out with. Yeah. Interpretation um, fees get expensive very quick. Very and, much you know, so. and you know, it's it's so much nicer having a, a interpreter from say like the International Institute than using a language line. It's That's a million true. times better. That's true. That's true. Um, we we utilize the International Institute often and Jericho Road for interpretation yeah. services. They're great partners. That's huge. Well, it was a pleasure having you on, Gretchen. Um, yeah, get out there on the EC www dot ecavlp nope. ecba ecaba i forgot the b yeah it's an erie county bar association volunteer lawyers project no. ecbavlp.com see sometimes i just get things wrong intentionally yeah. to kind of bait jim mm-hmm. and others out <laughs> on this and other times i'm just an idiot i'll let you decide which one this was <laughs> but either way ecbavlp.com dot com give money uh support the uh vlp the volunteer lawyers project and uh also, thing. actually, right now, yeah. yeah, I don't know when this is coming out. It'll come out Thursday with the, the 21st. The 21st, that's perfect. So we right now are, you can see on our all of our social media, we are involved in, with the Sabres Foundation. Mm. Um, the Sabres Foundation is doing their, their 50-50 raffle um, as in part to benefit VLP. Um, the drawing is at the game with the Bruins on the 27th of December. Um, it's a $50,000 pot plus whatever, you know, people buy at the game. Um, you can buy tickets ahead of time online. You don't need to be there to win. Um, you know, 
all I want for Christmas is for someone to win $50,000 and for, for some of that to benefit VLP. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can go to our website, to our social media, um, and click on the link to buy your tickets ahead of time. You can you can get in get in it to win it for as little as two dollars. Yeah, that's great, and I encourage you to not go watch the Sabers. I was just about to say. I'm just about to say. I'm glad you could win without having to attend the game. <laughs> yeah. <it's>... yeah. <laughs> but but do buy the fifty fifty tickets. Yeah, and, uh, I think it's forty dollars for two hundred tickets. Somebody's got to win. It could yeah. be you. Yep. Could be you. All right, well, Gretchen. Thanks for joining us, and uh, yeah, pony up. Um, help out the VLP. Help out our community because uh, they're doing so much to help help out themselves. Gretchen, Gretchen, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Thank you. With Let's Go Pills, I wanted to make a beer that was similar to the beers I grew up drinking in, in the tailgate. And I wanted a clear American lager that was crisp and, and just really sharp. It, it takes the classic American lager and, and we, we showcase craft ingredients made by locals, made by fans, uh, to be shared by fans. Bring community to all that you do and good things happen.